This is Future Heist, conversations with people making change. My name is Rena Neve Smith. Why you gotta do me like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Jasmine Fisher, an activist, a socialist, and I'm also a vegan. I've been a vegan for I've been a vegan for five years. <laughs> hey, suck on that. Everyone who said it wasn't a phase. <laughs> When I first went vegan, I was like, and I'm like this with everything I get into, I kind of go hard or go home, I'm like, I just get really into into it, and um, I was really passionate about it, and I'd share these videos all the time, and I was really moralistic, I was really like, you'll have to go vegan, and I'd get into like Facebook arguments with people, which is always a great idea, as any of <laughs> us know on the internet, we should always just argue on Facebook, that always wins. <laughs> And um, I would just share like horrible pictures, like people don't want that in their lives. And then I was like looking for stuff to get involved in because I wanted to be an activist. I wanted to get active and do something because I think I was feeling very unsettled in life and very like didn't know what I wanted to do and very like no clear direction. And I just thought maybe if I'm doing something good that helps people in some way or animals or whatever, like I'll feel better about everything. And But it was also like I just was sick of seeing so much awfulness in the world and I was like this could help and so I got really into it and then there was like this demonstration I nearly went on um from Pete you know the uh, the group the Peter mm-hmm. the Peter yeah Peter. <laughs> yeah shout out to Peter and uh anyways um they were having a protest where people were getting naked and covering themselves in fake blood and sends a very clear message that everyone could understand when they saw the protest. Um, and <laughs> laying down in London, central London. I was going to get on a trade and go to London, but I didn't. I don't think I could afford it. But also I started to like, so I, yeah, I was going to do that. That's what I was going to do, like direct action shit. Like I was probably, if I had gone down that path, I'd probably like throwing fake blood on a celebrity's fur coat or something, you know. I mean, the thing is, like, I respect people who do that. And I'm like, good on you, like, for being brave. And... But I, I just think it can be a bit... It's too much of a... I mean, first of all, covering yourself in blood when you're naked, it kind of doesn't... People are just like, oh, you did that. It's not going to make anyone think about animal cruelty, maybe a couple of people. But, you know, it's not really a mass scale thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also... It's, yeah, it's, again, one of those moralistic things where it's, like, you know, making trying to make people feel guilty, like, you've got blood on your hands, and it's not really the fault of ordinary people that animals get exploited in this way. Like, I think I've become quite more questioning of, like, capitalism as a whole, like, in the way it treats not just animals, but, like, de- people. Like, it's, it, it's it, you know, an exploitative system, and I think, like, making other people who are suffering from capitalism, like, it's all being exploited themselves or being oppressed and not being able to afford you know bills and stuff like feel guilty for that as well on top of everything else it's like I don't see that as the most productive thing anymore so I think I see like um things that where you know there's other things now I see as more productive I guess Mm. yeah yeah I mean thinking about that there's um I suppose it comes down to this question doesn't it between the individual and then companies Mm. um because I was going to ask what harm the 
meat industry and the dairy industry are doing to the planet and to the world in general. Because um, it is a question, isn't it, of um, veganism itself that like, brings it back to to what we're doing individually in our lives. But um, yeah, how is the meat and dairy industry harming the, harming the world? Harming the world, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like... I guess this is the thing, like, it's not to underplay that when I say I'm, like, not as hardcore about, you know, being a vegan activist or getting everyone else to go vegan, I don't think... It's not to underplay the seriousness of, like, how bad the meat and dairy industry is and the uh, egg industry and the chicken industry. Uh, They're all terrible, awful industries that should, like, not exist. Um, But it's, yeah, it's about... I think it's about comes down to the um, the need to make profit that creates these like awful toxic industries that are cruel and also dangerous for people like um, and dangerous for the planet as well. Um, so yeah, like uh, so I the meat industry like you see like so many like the fact is like they it's about mass producing animals for slaughter like animals literally just get born and then just get sent to the yeah. slaughterhouse and it's such a unnecessary thing and the thing about capitalism is about because p- companies are competing with each other it's about finding the cheapest nastiest way to do it and also like the people who work in avatars are like super exploited They're awful industries i mean obviously there's you know i've seen the videos of people being cruel to the cows in avatars and stuff but Avatars, but like it is like horrible. Like I remember being even going past one, and like just the smell of meat was disgusting. And like there's all sorts of diseases that you can get from it. Uh, like I've seen cattle trucks. Like where I grew up in the country, like you'd see cattle trucks like rammed with cattle, and it's all all of that is because it's cheaper just to shove as many in the cut as possible. It's cheaper just to shove them all into a big factory and get them all into the slaughterhouse, and like you literally have you know, cows that are, because obviously to give part of the thing, I guess I knew, but I never really thought about properly was like, you know, in order for a cow to produce dairy milk, um, it has to be pregnant. And so like, you'll literally just get calves, just get being uh, born, like get, sorry, cows getting pregnant just so they can give out milk. And they're attached to these machines like all day. And they have like pus in the teats and stuff. It goes into the milk and that gets all like, what do you call it? I don't know any of the words anymore. <laughs> I used to know all this stuff about like, but you know, like um, that all in, that is like not very good in the milk, and they do. That's why they have to put it through all the processing. They have to put it through to like get rid of all the shit. Oh, really? Out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad, and they can't really get rid of it all properly. But um, yeah, and um, it's they put them on the so the milk's infected machines. Kind of? Yeah, it can. Like infected. It can be, yeah, because. Yeah, they just get put on these machines, like, day in, day out, and it causes, like, chafing sort of thing, and then it can cause, like, infections. And it's really cruel and unnecessary. And, like, that's the thing. Like, I grew up... My grandparents had a little dairy farm. But they would just go out, like, when the cow was naturally pregnant by a bull and would just milk it, and, like, it was fine. The cow, like, actually needed milking because they their udders get too full. And... My grandma would make milk out of, like, butter out of the milk and herself and stuff. But it was no cruelty in the whole process. And that's the thing about it. Like, when it comes to, like, wanting to to mass produce, to compete with other companies, 
that's when the cruelty comes in with particularly dairy obviously with the meat industry it's like slaughter slaughter but like that's when the cruelty comes in because the fact is like none of that's necessary like actually it's not you know you could hand milk a cow for milk for yourself but the problem is that it's all produced it's all mass produced to go out and to be sold and also because of the nature of it like producing more than you need because you're selling it a lot of it goes to waste so you get a lot of these cows going through all this cruelty uh, and then the milk going to waste um, and that's another thing like working in hospitality and catering like that's another thing that actually put me off meat and animal products because I was like I mean it's there's so much that's bad about it anyway like the bad that how the workers get in hospitality get treated really badly but also like the amount of waste so you'd see I remember having big events and like you'd you'd obviously cook more than we need because again like you need to sell stuff and you need to make sure you have enough there you don't want to run out everything else and that the chefs would always make so much like way too much and the nature of it all as well was that the food with there's in Manchester where I was working there's like a massive homeless crisis and instead of like giving the food to the homeless is what would make sense because it's a big business and they don't want to get sued again protecting wealth like it just keeps coming back to this question of like money um they just have to throw it out and the staff aren't allowed it either like we're not allowed any of the food and so you just get like trays of meat I remember seeing trays of meat like chicken wings or whatever just getting thrown in the bin um because yeah they didn't uh, need it because they didn't sell it and they'd made the money out of the event you know people pay th tens of thousands of pounds to put on events in this place I was working and like it it, it disgusted me and it, that that's the thing like animals have to go through this awful and the people as well obviously I came to realize that like it's quite that part of it's even worse but like what happens to people but like they have to go through all the cruelty and then just get chucked in the bin like or they get they they get born to be they get born they are born bred to be slaughtered they have no like proper life some of them live their whole life in a cage and then it just gets thrown in the bin and I just think that is like that to me was like that was like beyond I just couldn't be part of it anymore and I think that was just a big like oh it's yeah that's some of us not answer your question directly but I've gone on a bit of a <laughs> no it's interesting it's so interesting because yeah and I'm just thinking about it and the thing about capitalism is it really is about that profit yeah. so you have cows that are being impregnated in order to produce the milk and that so they're they're having they're going through that whole thing of pregnancy yeah. but it's not actually about producing that that like reproducing and, yeah. and producing another cow it's about like the byproduct which is the milk and then yeah. and then that milk is being made and sold but again it's not even about producing it's not because the company yeah. want to produce a lot of milk it's actually because they want to produce this profit so you know along the way it's just this like weird and no wonder we live in this world with like you know all this i think that so many of our, our problems when you look at it the you know the wider thing of of the world and all these waste it's like it's about that pursuit of profit isn't mm. it it's about creating these big mountains of things that we don't need and, yeah. and and you know and and food included mm. and it's um and then also it's it's interesting because I also used to work in in hospitality very briefly and when I was a student and um and there is like I remember being shocked at, at the amount of of waste and that whole thing of like running out I feel like in in the west when we're so used to just having like enough of everything mm. we don't realize that behind the scenes there is 
so much surplus in order to make sure that we have enough yeah. like I don't know I had this experience in Glasgow when I remember it was like snowing it snowed a lot it was that winter like 2010 2011 mm. where it snowed a lot and I went to the supermarket and there was no food on the shelves because the lorries like hadn't made it through the snow and I remember it being like whoa there's not enough food wow and it's like you have you have for you like it's more of an uh, an event or something to talk about when when there like wasn't enough of something mm. because we're just so used to having all this like you know an abundance of stuff all the time and and i guess like thinking about it the meat and the meat industry is an industry which is actually the industry of living things so that's where people can i guess really see and really um for good reason like kind of get their head around this idea of, of waste, isn't it? Do you know, what, do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And also, like, yeah, like, there's so much, like, uh, that's dodgy about the whole process of getting meat, and it's, like, not good for people as well. You know, like, you get these whole, like, the processed burgers you get at McDonald's and stuff, and it's just, mm. like, God knows what's gone into that, and, like, there's all, oh, the whole process it goes through is not, like, hygienic a lot, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. in the abattoirs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just grim. And I think we get, we, because the, there's such big industries as well. And I mean, this, I want to include the egg industry in this as well, because that's fucking cruel. I don't know. Probably a lot of people out there have seen like the footages of, footage of um like chicken just going through a grinder thing. Eww. And they just like, they just chuck them in. Yeah. The male Ooh. chickens. Yeah. In the egg farms or whatever. Yeah. Live a lot. I've seen that. I've seen too much. I'm. Sorry if anyone hasn't seen that and now knows about it. But yeah, um, all of, it's just because that, it's like, this is the thing about, and I I mean, Mark talks about as well, like how we become like alienated from nature because it becomes, everything's commodified under capitalism. And so, yeah, like animals who we shouldn't, you know, we should, a part of the planet and and we should be looking after as part of everything because it's part of everything that makes the world go around and makes everything... Uh, go around but actually we become alienated from it and we treat it like a product so uh, that has like it's about how much it, it's worth in in terms of money and so if it's not worth any money value to it doesn't have a value to us it just like goes in a grinder or whatever even though yeah so i think that's the problem and the industries um also then having an influence in in education and like about about what's good for you and what's not and I remember when I was younger, it was like, eat red meat. It was like the meat industries would pay for like these kind of advertisings that made you think that you had to have red meat in your diet. And I remember when I was younger, just seeing like, oh, make sure you have iron, eat red meat. And it was like, they get some celebrity to promote it. And I think you know, there's not enough research into diets and what's good for us. And I think a lot of that is because it comes down to what makes the most money. So these companies have a lot of influence over like dietary research and like making sure that people think it's good for them to eat their products so that means I think we often get misled about what's good for us and what's not and what we need and what we don't and um you know and you see you see that as well in the pharmaceutical business like you see like being people being misled all the time about yeah (laughs) just to make money and it's like really bad I mean it's worse in America than here but yeah Mm. Yeah, that that does definitely come into it, doesn't it? Um, and the misinformation, and then, um, and that's I guess one of the ways, 
where you can see the way capitalism shapes the world around us so completely mm. that it not only shapes how the world is being run, but also how we see the world and how we um, understand it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is milk as well, like you said, oh, you need calcium. You need to have mm-hmm. your glass of milk a day. And that's, like, funded by dairy companies, that whole campaign. <laughs> and you're just like, hmm, that could be corrupt, <laughs> you know, and it's just like... You don't... What I've learned is that you don't need to have a glass of milk a day. I just think you have to have, like, calcium from dairy milk. Actually, you can get calcium from lots of things, not just milk from vegetables and stuff. I had no idea. But it's like, to sell dairy, they've, like, sold it in a way that... And, yeah, I just... But this is, again, not to say that everything else is perfect. That's the problem that sometimes happens when you on the vegan when you go down the vegan roads, like, obviously, I think I still am a vegan and I want to keep it, but, like, the problem is that not every... There's other stuff that is also very, very bad for the environment, not very good for you that is vegan. I mean, this is a thing. It's not all... We can't just say it's a utopia and this is going to solve all the world's problems because it won't, and that's what made me kind of change my uh, path a bit, I guess, from going into more, like, being a socialist and kind of connecting the dots, I guess, rather than just focusing on that one individual thing. So. Yeah. Um, this is an idea that I came across when I was um, doing some research into the fashion industry, but it was talking about the company Toms that give out a pair mm. of shoes to, for every shoe that's... Um, every pair of Toms shoes that you buy, they give out a, a pair of shoes to um, kids in, the, in um, poorer com- countries. Mm. And um, the person who was writing the book was arguing that it's Tansy Hoskins, it's part of the book um, Stitched Up, the anti-capitalist book of fashion. But she talks about the way that that's treating the symptom of poverty, not mm. treating the cause of poverty. Yeah. Like, children in poor countries have no shoes, but they're not poor because they have no shoes. They have no shoes because they're poor. Mm. And so um, maybe there's a similar thing happening with... Um, maybe it's a similar sort of situation with veganism where it's treating a symptom of like capitalism at large rather mm. than like the cause of it. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And it's an, in- it's making people, individuals feel like it's their responsibility and they have a choice and that's part of it as well. Like, Oh, animals don't have a choice, which obviously is true. Um, I'm going to de- deny that, but the idea that like people who get exploited somehow have more of a choice. I mean, one time I was in Manchester and I could see, I saw these vegan activists like showing videos on iPads. All of them are lined up with iPads. I mean, it says a lot. There's a lot in there that I could go into, but there's one of the things. Obviously, I can't. Not many people can afford that many iPads in a row. But um, <laughs> um, but also the exploitation that goes into iPads. I mean, I remember reading this book. I mean, about about it and like in in general, like a lot of the products, like technology, like Samsung and stuff like that, like. Um, you know, there was like some awful exploitation that goes on in factories in China, or well, there's also exploitation here as well. But you know, in China, where there's like, I was reading one about, I think it's called Factory Girls or something, and um, it talks about women working like 12 hour or more than 12 hour days, like and living in these factories in these awful conditions, and like the chemicals are really bad for you, and stuff like that. and you know somehow like that's justified like as long as we're saving animals and I think that's the thing like it goes down a route of like oh you have to give up everything that leads to something 
it treating someone badly and the fact is you can't really avoid that because actually even agriculture like even plant-based sites actually lead to things that are bad for the environment or a, 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 you know mean that people get treated awfully because of it you know or whatever um uh, can i say a fact here or yes yeah, so fact. am i going on too much about <laughs> no 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 this is good okay good <laughs> um i think we're talking about agriculture like i just um, referred to like a thing here. I was just reading an article by a well-known climate activist <laughs> in my circles anyway, uh, Martin Emson, and he it's a, he's written it for the International Socialist Journal that you can look up online. Um, but he says about agriculture is like a large contributor to climate change um, as well. Um, you know, he says um, an increasing part of agriculture is the growing of crops to produce feed for animals and biofuels. Again, like it's it's this is vegans make a point about this actually about how we produce food just for the animals that we're going to put into slaughter which is like there's a lot of and they're saying about you know there's a statistic that you could feed the world with all of the food that we have for animals who are going to go slaughter so yeah there's that but also like he says um agriculture is a significant cause of deforestation so 71 percent of tropical deforestation deforestation between 2000 and 2012 was linked to clearance for cultivation um and finally the whole of the modern industrialized agriculture is reliant on the use of fossil fuels and um that's another thing as well and that goes into like you know obviously the production of almonds for almond milk um is also really bad for the environment obviously there could be like a lot of technological improvements like in this current system as it is to make this all better like this is not like something that it is ridiculous and wasteful and it's crazy that this happens but again it's about making money and I think um it co- we keep coming back to this problem <laughs> if you don't know if anyone's noticed but um <laughs> the thing is it is about, like growing crops and animals does require vast quantities of water um so you know you've got some 3,400 litres of water needed to grow a kilogram of rice uh 3,900 for a kilogram of chicken and uh between 15,000 and 100,000 litres of for a kilogram of beef um, which is quite bad. So again, it's another reason, like, I guess, you know, people don't eat meat as well. Like, it's another argument for not eating meat. Um, but also, like, a single almond actually requires slightly over four litres of water. And that's one single um, almond. And actually, they've had to, like, you know, almond growing almond trees requires w- wiping out the land as well. And it's actually quite bad for the environment. That's the thing. Like, it's hard to, to get around the argument. Um you know, if, if you really did want to stop, uh, if you have a lifestyle where you had no impact on anything, which I know there's people out there, I know there's vegans on the internet who claim to be doing that kind of thing, it is very, very difficult to do for most of us um, because everything in this current system that we're in is linked to cruelty, is linked to exploitation, is linked to in some way being bad for the environment or, or, or bad for people or bad for animals because actually it's about the logic of profit that comes before anything else so therefore of course everything you know that it's just what's best for money it's not what's best for people or for animals so that's the thing that's a problem with the individual approach because then you kind of just go around in circles and you're not really addressing like you said before the root cause of the problem mm. So you've got this massive um, environmental impact um, that industry's having. And yeah, the point is that the vegan industries are having 
an impact too because they're still industries it's still mm. part of it's still absolutely a capitalist enterprise um exactly and i think the big 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 thing which i probably should have mentioned before i kind of mentioned but is that the problem of it as well is uh, putting it on the, the 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 focus on diet is that it takes the blame off the fossil fuels or fossil fuels and actually you've got actually don't know the exact number but there's a t- there's a smaller amount of a small amount of companies that are responsible for most of the world's carbon emissions and veganism doesn't address that and i think without addressing that you can't really fix the problem of yeah of you know if you want it if you're doing it for environmental reasons you can't um you have to address fossil fuels and and the problem of fossil fuels being embedded in the foundations of capitalism i mean like i've done i've read a bit about this and like this yeah refer some refer people to some good stuff to read but you know that that's a thing i mean i just did mention about how fossil fuels actually are like you know ag- the things that the agriculture the stuff used to to to, to grow crops and everything is run off fossil fuels there's that thing but there's also like yeah I mean most of the world is run off fossil fuels still and there's billions of pounds invested in fossil fuels that haven't come out of the ground um the, these these fossil fuel giants like Shell and BP and stuff they have massive influence over the government um and that's you know people you can have a lot of people change their diet and that won't change that. That won't change the fact that Shell and BP have massive influence and, and that, you know, it's a dominant form of, um, of of energy, of getting energy. And, like, I think... I just read a thing today about in Cumbria, they just approved a coal... Um, a coal mine. Was it coal mine? Yeah, and um, it was... You know, this it got a unanimous approval, even though they know about climate change. Like we just had like so much crazy weather. You just had the freezing over in America, and you've had. Um, it was really warm floods. in uh, yeah. in February. And yeah, then. the freaky warm weather that was great, but also made everyone feel really weird. And like <laughs> it was like it was like I shouldn't be enjoying this because it's what it of what it means, but. You've had floods in other countries. You've already had, like, you've already got climate refugees. You've already got deaths from climate. And these things are good. Fracking was fast-tracked through, like, last year. I mean, it's been stopped by activists. Again, like, this is where you see the, the power for change. But it's not going to get... This is what I realised when I changed my diet. All of these things were still happening. Like, one of the things that made me, like, become an anti-capitalist was that, actually, I changed my diet. I felt like I was trying to live my best life and, like... I was trying to be like a considerate and kind person. Like everyone was telling me if I did that and if I worked hard, then the world would be a better place in sense of like my world. But it wasn't true. I was still on minimum wage. There was still a rise of racism, racist attacks. There was still a rise of sexism. I was facing a lot of it, especially in hospitality. And veganism was not changing any of that. And I was seeing the dots connecting like to me it all just I kept thinking it all just keeps coming back to profit and as much as I love my vegan diet and I you know it's fantastic that people do it um that's not going to change it's not going to have the impact that's needed it's not it's not the way to to really get change and actually when I've seen when I've seen change real change happen it's actually been through collective action such as the you know the climate not that climate strikes they're building up aren't they but you know actually when you've seen real um a real impact it's been through like big movements and that's been like that throughout history 
So I think I was just seeing the pattern and, yeah. Yeah. I'm on a bit of a rent now. No, it's exactly what you hear. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting um, question, isn't it? This um, question of individual change versus collective action. And I think Mm. that it feels like these days we're being very much encouraged to embrace our individuality and express our views and in a limited sense that it seems to me that there seems to be like a company to suit every kind of lifestyle if you want to be that kind of meat eating yeah eating like ribs for breakfast whatever there's restaurants that kind of cater to that kind of Mm. thing or if you want to be a vegan and and only eat um a really plant-based diet what i'm trying to say is it's it seems to be that private companies are constantly telling us that it's about us and it's about what mm. we do and that often um i know that in fashion the fast fashion retailers who are producing massive amounts of landfill and massively exploiting workers are saying yeah but the customers want this and they're pointing out to the customer needs to change before we do mm. but mm. actually because we're all tiny like our impact individually is tiny um, versus the impact that a few individuals who run these big companies um, have on a bigger scale. And so thinking about that, tell me more about this collective action. What can, <laughs> how, how should things like change in the future? Well, I mean, the good thing is there's already people really like paying attention. And this is a thing, don't get, I don't want, what I don't want people to come out of this is like, oh, Jasmine just hates vegan and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, some vegan activists I've met have been insufferable people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but actually, you know, a lot of people I know, including some of my best friends, uh, are great people, and it's been their introduction to questioning things. Like, for me, veganism was part of my introduction to questioning the world and questioning what I thought I knew was right, and I think that's important and it's also started to be to question the system and and start to make links to the the problems of the system and the problems of profit which i I probably wouldn't have made as much without going into veganism so that i don't want anyone to think that so i think you know it's important to to challenge these any big companies and that include and that is a way of doing it and i think um but I think it needs to be turned into, yeah, like you said, collective action. And some of the best ways I've seen things be challenged, I think for me, so one of the best ways is recently was the climate strikes, which I just mentioned. But that was incredible. I went on that protest on Friday, last Friday, the second one they had. And I mean, it was, I think we need to be following in the footsteps of the students who were on this strike because. They really know where it's at. Like they have the right idea about how to do things, and I think that there is going to be more. This is a hashtag Fridays for Future, and it was started by uh, Greta, whose last name I can't remember from Thornburg. Thornburg, that's it. Yeah, an amazing uh, young woman. I was. I'm just like she's amazing. Um, and I just you know that we need to be taking it what we're seeing is that actually you know if you look at around the world you know these these fossil fuel giants uh filling the pockets of politicians um to get their way and i think you know even though um i think jeremy corbyn's a fantastic person i support his policies even he can get influenced by these things once he gets into power and stuff so 
I think these students are showing the way forward because they're out on the streets, they're trying to be organised and they have a clear message, like they're not going to put up with it anymore. They don't have, a, they could potentially not have a future, like the IPCC report that came out that said we could have 12 years left to save the planet, like the fact is like it's not that, um, it's not that dramatic of a thing to say at all, like it, we're seeing the climate catastrophe roll out and it's an urgent, urgent thing. Um, and yeah, the animal industry is all part of it. But I think actually going out on the streets with a clear message in a big mass numbers gives a lot of people confidence because the problem with the climate change stuff and the whole movement around it is that people can feel a bit hopeless and a bit like it's too big of an issue. But what you saw on Friday was like really confident students who were like, we are going to win this thing. We are going to get action on climate change. We are going to get renewable energies. And like the thing is like politicians and stuff have known about this kind of stuff for decades. You know, climate change has been something that they knew about for decades. And, you know, the fact is even like um, Marx and Engels sort of didn't predict climate change in this way, but they did talk about how we're ruining like the nature around us. Capitalism isn't good for nature. Um, so it's it's been known about for a long time and renewables have been known about for a long time, but they haven't invested. And I think actually getting people confident and they see lots of other people trying to do the same thing um, uh, is, is like a really good way. And I think actually what the, the student strikes need to be spreading into workplaces. And I think if you're in a workplace and you're thinking, what can I do about climate change? I think actually you should be getting behind the student strikes. Like why, why couldn't it be that if we're having school walkouts, why can't we have workplace walkouts? You know, what's stopping people from doing that? Really? It's a, a lack of confidence. And I think actually, if you, I think what you find is that if you ask around, you will find that a lot of people agree with you on this issue. Like there's not many people who don't agree that climate change is a serious thing. But the fact is like the only way to really have an impact is to stop, is if, you know, when the students stop going to school and the workers stop working, you know, it actually it's like, the, it's not the bosses who run everything. The, the, the fossil fuel giants are not actually the phys ones physically running the things. It's the workers who are running things. If they decide to stop working, then it stops running. And I think that's the important thing to remember. So that was a long way to, to sort of say, <laughs> get involved mm. in the climate strike. But also I've been seeing some great movements come out as well, like Extinction Rebellion um, have had like, they're more, more direct action, which again, like I get behind, I get behind anyone sort of fighting back against climate change. It's absolutely so important. And uh, I've been in meetings with them and they're all very friendly people. Um, but they're, they're direct action. They're part of the, they were, they were at the climate strikes. Um, they did like a, bridge block on Friday which was quite fun there's like a party where they blocked the Westminster Bridge and that was really cool and that they've just yeah they've just like we haven't got much time left let's go out and block bridges and I think that's fantastic so it, it's cool to see a lot of people trying to uh, a lot of younger people especially like trying to get out and go you know what I'm not going to wait for voting someone in, in parliament I'm just going to go out and do it I'm just going to do something but I think we do have to be organised and we do have to have a bit of a strategy because the people who are responsible for a lot of the emissions are organised, you know, the people with a lot of money are organised. So I think it's about collectively, like, getting organised and, yeah, getting behind these things. Yeah, because when we hear about change happening throughout history, it's often portrayed as 
um, those in power sort of realizing that they had it slightly wrong and turning right. around and saying, oh, actually, let's uh, let's do things differently. So with civil rights, for example, there's a lot being made about um, like uh, gay marriage being legalized now, and it's you know the conservatives brought that in, and it was right. like, oh, we just realized that actually you got, we didn't realize you guys wanted this, but hey, okay. Um, yes. You just kind of bring it in, oh, out of the goodness of their heart. Sorry, that's why it's, uh, that's why it's. But actually, it's because people push for these things and people get together and people fight for them and and demonstrate and and push for these things. So, yeah, that's mm. what that's what really brings about change. So it's about those individuals coming together, isn't it? And um, and I absolutely have a lot of respect for anyone who um who thinks about their impact on the world and who does take responsibility for what they're doing and and who might decide to become vegan and 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 um, think about the impact they're having yeah on um mm. it through what they're consuming um but it's about linking those things up isn't it and it's mm. about um uh, as you say like direct action and and collective action yeah i mean i guess one of the most a big game changer for me as well was when I went to in terms of my like linking the struggles together and realizing mm. that there's a bigger uh, yeah I need to be doing more than just changing my diet was when I went to Calais refugee camp and that was a few years ago and um that was like that was a big like holy crap like look at what human beings are being put through just because they want to have a safe place to go and I was like I can't I need to like change my tact here like I need to <laughs> it's not about getting everyone to get vegan I you know I think I was just like as a it was definitely like a life-changing thing going there and just seeing and I think seeing for yourself what the the state puts human beings through and and what racism does uh, and the consequences of it and um that's why as well, like, and I became a really, like, strong anti-racist activist as well. Like, that's... I really got into the anti-racist movement because I just... I, the, the fact that there's thousands drowning in the Mediterranean all the time because they're just so desperate um, that really broke my heart. And I just think, um, you know, everyone should have somewhere safe to live and somewhere, you know, they should... Everyone... It's. It, I think... Um, I could see the government using racism and and racist policies to divide people. Uh, And again, which affects the climate movement as well, when people are divided. And it's people like Trump, who are climate deniers, who are part of that as well. And I just think, yeah, I just saw... To me, it all linked together. It was just like, this links to this issue and this links to that issue. And, like, I can't just fight one thing. Right, Um, seeing a bigger picture. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not just about getting in the... I think get involved in the climate movement because it is taking off and it's absolutely fantastic. And we need to strike while the iron's hot. Like, we can't miss this opportunity while people are wanting to be active. But also, like, the anti-racist movement as well. Like, and, and, you know, all of these things. Like, fight backs over pay can lead to fight backs over other things. Like, it doesn't have to start at... We need to get rid of capitalism. Well, it shouldn't... You know, it's not going to start. We need to get rid of capitalism it's got to start at like I, I want to fight for better pay it's like we fight for this and then it kind of you know actually it's about linking it to the, the, the wider system and um, it, any little thing that you can get involved with can actually turn into a much bigger thing mm-hmm. what can people read or watch to learn more if you 
want if you're like me and sometimes reading's not your strong point and <laughs> um like you could hear me trying to remember facts before I'm terrible at remembering things and like even though I've read loads of stuff um <laughs> getting involved in discussion is always the way I learn and I find a lot of people are the same you can go to I would recommend going to like political meetings if you can and just trying to figure out your ideas like the thing with me is that I was very open-minded and I was really fed up with everything and I just started to question things and I just started to be like right I'm going to go on this protest against austerity and that's how I got active and then I was like oh I've met this group and they've invited me to a meeting and I went um one of the best things I ever did and now I go every year is I went to the Marxism festival and it is my favorite favorite thing um it's a in the fourth the fourth or 7th of july fourth yeah fourth or 7th of july <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um it's a it's a it's a festival of socialist ideas basically we have lots of different stuff we're going to have actually have speakers from hopefully fingers crossed from extinction rebellion coming um and also i would think it would make sense to have climate strikers that would be fantastic if they had climate strikers there um from the students climate strikes um but there will definitely be uh, meetings on climate change and they there has been last couple of years of politics of food which is really interesting and you'll get lots of vegans in there on the and we will have a debate and i think it's really healthy i think i know lots of vegans who are socialists who have the same way of looking at the world as i do and they've come in through it into that way of thinking through veganism um as sort of um and i think but you've got to have the debate and discuss your ideas and develop them and 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 talk about how we can get organized with other people who want to get organized and if reading you can read i did talk about martin emson before and that really good article he's written about agriculture and food um in the international socialist journal so if you look up isj.org.uk um, also, um, you can read Ian Angus, is a really great author, and he's written a couple of books. If you want to be terrified about the world, you can read Facing the Anthropocene, which is talking about the Anthropocene, or Anthropocene, or however you want to say it, everyone has a different way. And that's obviously about the current epoch that we're in, um, and it's terrifying. Especially the chapter on... Oh, no, that's a different book. Anyway, and then Ian Angus, he's also written another book called The Redder Shade of Green, which he's... That's more about the arguments of what... He's an eco... So he identifies himself as an eco-socialist. Uh, and he's also going to be speaking at Marxism this year. Another plug. And, um, <laughs> Brilliant. I forgot about that. And um, he he's a very good writer, and I just find him very accessible. So if you can... I think there... I don't know where those books are... There's definitely available bookmarks in London. Um, if not, like, look it up online. But... Also, I think if you go on to marxismfestival.org.uk, they I know they did have the videos of previous meetings. So if you want to watch any climate meetings, they are all and the food meetings, they're on there. Um and I think that's it. Like uh if you want to know more and yeah. Okay, last question which I do want you to answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've talked about Marxism which is a great festival it's a I think it's also like a fantastic place to like meet people as well mm. who are, and just like be in that space of with like-minded people because often at work and things you feel very alone in how you think but just to get to know like more people and learn interesting things 
Um, so as well as Marxism and as well as doing the reading that you've talked about, how can people get involved in the movement generally? If you hear about protests, I think it's worth going along. Um, I got involved with the Socialist Worker Party. They have meetings all over the place, like every week. We're involved in the climate movement. One a big um, thing we were a part, we are a part of. Sorry, is the campaign against climate change. Yeah, they've done a lot of stuff over the years. They've done, um, particularly around like fracking. I was like, I got involved in the Socialist Work Party because they, I was like, these guys seem to know about everything all the time, and they're always at everything. And um, now I've become that person who's at everything all the time. <laughs> 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm tired. But yeah, um, no, it's good. Um, so as a thing, like I think because yeah, they link all the struggles to the system. So if you kind of think I really hate capitalism and I like what this lady is saying, this woman is saying. <laughs> Please edit out lady. But yeah, as woman is saying, <laughs> do it. But also, yeah, go on a protest and meet people because you never know who you might meet. And I think, like, just get organised and start doing something yourself. And you don't have to necessarily go to a, a thing that's already... You know, I mean, if there's nothing... If you're in an area where there's nothing around and you're like, oh, but there's, like, um, some, you know, there's... Uh, something a local climate demo or whatever or a local climate strike most there's a lot of areas that had climate strikes and stuff or like or I want to support the climate strikes like you can just do it like why not just do it like try and put the feelers out there see who's around if you're in a a workplace or in a trade union I think as well that's another place to look to is like you know if you're not part of a union you should and you're a worker you should definitely join a union and I think if and, and, and go to union branches and you know, one of the things that a lot of activists do to try and get stuff going is suggest, like, trips to Calais, like I talked about, um, which we still do, like, um, aid trips. I mean, it's not, again, it's not related to the initial topic of climate and stuff, but actually, like, you've got a lot of climate refugees already from the current climate crisis. Um, and um, there will be more. So I think, you know, it's important to make sure people understand you know, the, the racist arguments the government putting out, and so that's a one good thing. Or you can just donate to, to the Calais, Care for Calais. I mean, what what you're saying is that um, that actually a lot of these struggles are, are linked to each other. Mm. So actually it's about finding something um, in your area or that you're interested in. Mm. Um, and an organisation like the SWP um, does meetings on a lot of different things, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and very much sees these struggles as, as part of a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, so it's about getting involved with with them or with uh, 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 um, an organisation in your area. and um... Yeah. And just to, like... So, you know, you don't have to be a member of the SWP to go to their meetings. I mean, you don't have to agree with us on everything either. Like, you know, people go along... Like, we've got lots of different people from different parties and who aren't not in any party who come to our meetings to debate. And, yeah, you might be one to the argument, you might not. But it's important to debate and it's important to discuss. And that's really the key thing. Getting out, standing up to the system and saying we're here and we're not going to put up with it is is a really is important at the moment. And I think it's necessary. I think it's hard to sit on the sidelines now. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for that's your okay. time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're very inspiring. No worries. Thank I'm happy you. to hear You're inspiring. <laughs> Rain is also inspiring. <laughs> I'm not biased. <laughs> We're <good> friends. <laughs> you
Future Heist is recorded and produced by me, Rena Neve Smith, with original music by Benjamin Tassie, artwork by Fleur Beck, and sound editing by Simon Guy. Special thanks to Chloe Vasegi and Joshua Lowe's Challenge. You can follow us or get in touch on Instagram at future underscore heist. Thank you.